It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I can't imagine how the parents are coping. As a parent myself, I can't imagine how I would cope. A dire warning to parents. What we're learning about the tragic death of a toddler left in a hot car. Plus, destructive escape attempt caught on camera. It's definitely a little off-putting. What led up to this melee with Surrey RCMP and the disturbing items seized by police? And he said what? Hells angels have been leaders. Organized crime generally has been leaders. Why the speaker's speech drew jeers and walkouts and how he's explaining it today. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin with a heartbreaking tragedy in Burnaby. The warmer weather has only just begun and already a toddler has died after being left in a hot car. Our Nadia Stewart is live with more on this story. And Nadia, you just spoke with a man who saw firefighters pull the child from the vehicle. Yeah, he was waiting here to pick up his daughter who works nearby. He was parked about two vehicles behind the vehicle where the child was pulled from. He describes for us what he heard and what he saw. Like a crash sound and there's somebody else looking back. I looked back behind me and then uh, I didn't know. I saw somebody running across the street, kind of walking. And that's it. Went back to kind of just sitting on my phone looking. And the next thing you know, ambulance came, fire truck came. And then I saw one of the firemen carrying a child out. Yeah, that witness was shocked to hear the update today, and he is the only one, everyone that we spoke with, asking how something like this could have happened. For neighbors, it is heartbreaking news. Words cannot describe. They must really feel so devastated, and I feel really sorry for them. Sorry for the parents who lost their 16-month-old son late Thursday afternoon after he was found unconscious in a hot car in Burnaby. RCMP delivering the tragic news Friday afternoon. As with any tragedy like this, I can't imagine how the parents are coping. As a parent myself, I can't imagine how I would cope. So we have provided victim services. They are surrounded by friends and family. It happened at around 5.45 Thursday evening. Burnaby RCMP were called to the intersection of Kingsway Avenue and Inman Street following a report that a 16-month-old child was found unconscious in a car. The child was rushed to hospital. He was pronounced dead there. There was tape across here and down by my building and cop cars all over and ambulance and everything. And uh, they wouldn't let us go by the investigation is still in its early stages, but what we know so far is nothing short of tragic. For reasons that are still unclear, the child was left unaccompanied in the car for a number of hours. The child's father was on scene. Police say both parents are cooperating in the investigation. I did not know it was a child. Mm. No. Oh my goodness. For parents in this neighborhood, it is a difficult reminder of the need to be vigilant at all times. I always uh, take my daughter with me whenever I leave my car. Mm. I always do. Uh, I'm pretty aware of uh, this kind of things. Extra careful with all the kids, with all the, you know, the temperatures rising. 
The coroner is investigating, but Sophie, police are telling us the investigation could take some time. They're still trying to establish the timeline and figure out what happened here. Back to you. Just so heartbreaking. All right, Nadia, thanks for that. Well, it doesn't take long for a car to heat up. Yesterday in Burnaby, it was about 27 degrees outside. Take a look at this chart. As you can see, within 10 minutes, that temperature inside a car has gone up by 10 degrees. In 30 minutes, it's about 46. And by the time an hour goes by, it's over 50 degrees Celsius. Experts at BC Children's Hospital are reminding parents about the potential dangers as the weather heats up. Doctors say it takes as little as 15 minutes for a child left in a hot car to develop heat stroke. Parents are being urged never to leave their child alone in a vehicle. Also of concern at this time of year, falls from windows. Heads are bigger than the rest of their bodies. And so they're at really high risk of falling. Uh, and windows are just a natural light that seems very appealing to a child. So um, it's something that we see periodically this time of year. We've already had a four falls or so at the BC Children's Hospital. Uh, and we're hoping to bring that number down. There are guards and latches that can be placed on a window that uh, can be the difference between a uh, trip to the emergency department or not. Now, breaking news of a rescue effort unfolding in South Delta. Take a look. This is a live shot from our Global One helicopter hovering over the area right now. There are two beached gray whales near Centennial Beach. DFO Marine Mammal Response is on site with reflotation equipment and a vessel to assess the situation. The public is being encouraged to stay at least 100 meters away to ensure both their safety and the safety of these whales. These two greys, likely the same pair seen yesterday near White Rock. We will keep you posted on this effort throughout the news hour tonight. We'll bring you the very latest details as the situation develops. Now to a shocking and destructive getaway attempt caught on video surveillance in Surrey. RCMP were originally called to a townhouse complex for a suspicious incident that led to a gate crashing, multiple arrests, and as Jill Bennett reports, a disturbing discovery. There is something major missing from this gated community, the security gate. The gate was not totally open when he tried to get out, and he hit the gate. The surveillance video shows the dramatic police takedown at the complex at 138th Street and 100 Avenue. Police were responding to an unrelated matter around 1 a.m. on May 6th. And when they entered that complex, there were two vehicles parked in the roadway, uh, a Honda and a Chevy uh, truck, a Colorado. And uh, as soon as they entered the uh, area, those two vehicles suddenly fled, uh, and it was a very suspicious occurrence. Two men seen running from the Honda were arrested. One, 30-year-old Ryan Molnar of Surrey, has been charged. The other was taken into custody on unrelated warrants. A third man is also seen running from the car. He got away. The Chevy was seized later by police. The siren of the police woke me up, and then I just heard a really loud crash. And then I've seen the truck crushed our gate. It's definitely a little off-putting. Makes you wonder how, like, maybe do we take for granted our safety here? What was found inside one of the vehicles involved is likely causing more concern for residents. Police seized a collapsible semi-automatic pistol carbine, a hunting knife and latex gloves from the Honda. You can see based on the behavior of these people, the weapons that they do carry around, that the community is at risk based on the fact that these people are armed and out there and undertaking uh, the violent activity that they are. 
when we see vehicles driving in this manner um, and this type of activity, this does show a, a disregard for the safety of others. Police are still looking to talk to more witnesses. The surveillance video is part of the ongoing investigation. Jill Bennett, Global News. Well, hot spots have been flaring up all week at the site of a major fire in downtown Victoria. Investigators are now trying to determine if the blaze was deliberately set, a possibility because of how quickly the flames spread. And while the hotel has been closed for years, the caretaker of the property remains missing tonight. Kylie Stanton has the latest. The burning walls are now just a shell. Everything they held inside, a smoldering pile of rubble. It's been five days since a massive fire tore through the vacant Victoria Plaza Hotel and crews are still fighting. We're working closely with the fire department as we move through the different uh, excavation operations to uncover hotspots, uh, to put those out and extinguish those as we go. In other words, it's still not safe for investigators to enter the site to determine if the fire was an accident or deliberately set. We'll be doing our fire cause determination now when the scene is safe to actually enter. Materials are being pulled from inside and tested for accelerants while crews try to safely bring down unstable walls. But it isn't just the historic hotel that's affected. Our life is uh, it's insane. B. Woodward's business, Cherry Bomb Toys, has been closed all week with massive smoke damage. It will likely stay that way until June. We're going through a process right now to clean it up and clean the air and clean the product and hopefully it works. He isn't alone. Neighboring businesses remain closed due to air quality concerns. Others like this spa have suffered so much water damage it's expected to be closed for months. Still, it could be worse. My family's alive. You know, we're here. There's growing concern the building's caretaker might not be so lucky. Mike Drager had been living here for years with a workshop in the basement and a room upstairs. Police have no photos to share, but are still hoping he turns up. We want anyone with any information to call us in the hopes of uh, locating him. Whether or not Dreger was inside at the time of the fire may be difficult to confirm. The fire damage is so intense there could be little evidence to go on but investigators aren't giving up hope. It's still so early. Uh, our investigators have not had an opportunity to come down and start their formal investigation yet. Uh, once it gets underway, you know, we'll know a little bit more at that point and we can provide updates as, as we get more information. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. More clues today that a public inquiry into BC's money laundering problem could be on the horizon. Keith Baldry is live in Victoria with more on this. And Keith, the Premier was at an event today in Port Coquitlam, dropping some pretty Big hints. Yeah, will they or won't they? Ever since Global News started covering money laundering and turning up all sorts of things, we've been asking John Horgan, are you going to hold a public inquiry? Up until today, he stressed the negatives of public inquiries. Uh, everybody gets a lawyer. All the lawyers make a lot of money. Uh, things grind to a halt and not much is produced, but you're left holding a pretty expensive bill. That's been his, his take for, for some time. Today, though, switching tax, talking about what the benefits could be from a public inquiry, what information could be gleaned there that is not gleaned right now, not even by Peter German. Here's the Premier today. One of the principles of parliamentary governments and responsible governments is the decisions of the former government are sealed for a period of time and the new government doesn't get access to those. I believe the public should have access to what the former government knew and when they knew it. Uh, an inquiry would assist in getting that information. 
So again, that's a reason to have a public inquiry. I haven't heard John Horgan speak like that before. He also, in that same scrum there, Sophie talked about uh, one way or another, he, he or his government will have a detailed response about this issue uh, next Wednesday after the cabinet meeting. Now, I don't think you have a detailed response if you're not going to hold something. I think you have a detailed response because you are going to hold something. So that's what we're expecting, a public inquiry called next Wednesday. We'll see what happens. Mark it on your calendar. Thanks, Keith. Lockdown in Seattle. A suspect opens fire on a group of people in the Central District. Details coming up. And a smelly algae invasion in Mexico, where the beaches of a popular resort destination are covered in seaweed. Those stories coming up a little bit later. Right now, though, back to that breaking news in South Delta. Let's take a look at the live shot from our Global One helicopter over Boundary Bay right now. You can see two gray whales beached. It's near Centennial Beach. It's been a few hours since they were first spotted. Uh, Earlier this afternoon, it looked like they were much closer together. So right now they have uh, moved a little further apart from each other. But we understand that DFO is on the scene assessing the situation right now. They are asking onlookers, and there are many in the area right now, to stay at least 100 meters away to ensure both their safety and the safety of the whales. But we do have a crew on scene, and we will bring you the latest details as this situation continues to develop. Now, B.C. Speaker Daryl Plekis is in the spotlight tonight after delivering a rather bizarre speech earlier this week to a group of civic politicians. Plekis giving the opening keynote address at an event meant to touch on the importance of effective political leadership. However, as John Hua reports, some attendees felt instead as though they were coming under fire. The motivational skills of motorcycle gangs. The communication of the criminal underworld. I'm for the USA. Just some of the references not many would expect in a speech meant to rouse up a bunch of municipal representatives. I would say there were some people who were a little bit angry. I I would, yes. Um, there, there was even some heckling. It happened at a Lower Mainland Local Government Association conference, delivering the keynote address on leadership, legislature speaker, Daryl Plekis. Hells Angels have been leaders. Organized crime generally has been leaders. Mafia has been leaders. As much as I personally despise Trump, he must be doing something right. Looking back, the speaker says his comments needed more context. My speech was about the need to have people, particularly people in political office, uh, who are guided by a strong moral compass. Right off the bat, he wasn't clear about that difference at all. Speeches like this are uncommon for the legislature speaker, a position that's supposed to be neutral. Instead, Plekis took shots at the current state of politics and consultation with Indigenous groups. That's like, if that was okay, you could say to somebody who is sexually assaulted, Well, consult first. Yeah, if I had to do it over again, uh, I would be more mindful of how I constructed the the points I was uh, I was trying to make. Those in attendance say, in the end, the wrong message was sent. And in public speaking, always tailor your speech to your audience. This speaker says perhaps the biggest lesson is to do more listening. I should listen to my wife more on that. Say less. John Hua, Global News. Don't panic, this is only a drill. The city of Vancouver today staging its Van Slam event 
along with the district and city of North Vancouver, the city of Coquitlam, and the 15th Light Artillery Brigade. More than 600 people responding to a fictitious earthquake. The exercise included recreation center evacuations, search and rescue operations, and building inspections. The goal is to put to the test emergency response plans across several major departments. So the team's job is firstly to uh, make sure that the scene is stable, then they'll uh, send in either canine units or technical search units to locate uh, living and deceased people, um, identify who the highest priority is, who needs the most resources, then rescue teams would move in, and then the heavy rescue teams get to work breaching concrete, moving slabs, uh, stabilizing, bracing, doing everything they need to get the hardest to extricate patients out. Finding a forever home for a rescue dog can be a tough process, and it gets harder the longer an animal goes unadopted. But the Toronto Humane Society's longest resident finally has its happy ending, thanks to a BC family who went above and beyond to make it happen. Sometimes it takes a long time and multiple tries, but love finally sticks. That's the case for five-year-old Odie, who up until recently was the Toronto Humane Society's longest resident dog, staying four years, adopted and returned twice. Our return adoption rate kind of floats between 3% and 6%, so we don't really expect animals to be returned into our care, certainly not uh, more than once. One adopter just decided they weren't ready. The second felt Odie suffered from separation anxiety. Staff at the Humane Society worked on his issues in hopes of finding him a forever home. Even started the process of launching a media campaign to draw attention to Odie's situation. And then a former colleague got in touch. We had some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news. We kind of started at THS around the same time and and I watched him. I, you know, I got to know him and I, I get to know them all, but um, he's just... I really can't put my finger on it, you know, it, it clicks. In her time at the Toronto Humane Society, Antonia grew close to Odie, saw him adopted and returned twice. And after she and her husband moved to rural BC, they knew Odie's real home was with them and their three dogs. My husband Daniel, he deserves so much credit. He actually flew back to Toronto and he went and picked Odie up and drove Odie out. It was a, a guy's trip out west. <laughs> it went wonderfully. Uh, they had some really great bonding time together. It was really important for, for both of them. And it was lots of fun. They, they had lots of fun. Ate lots of cheese and beef jerky. <laughs> Antonia and Daniel see the value of adopting an adult dog. I, I don't even know where to start. You can see my face is um, I just kind of become speechless and giddy. And the Humane Society is hoping Odie's story can help spread the word about others. A senior animal, they're calmer. Um, they're ready to learn. They're ready to work for you. So it actually can be a little bit easier. Seems you can teach an old dog new tricks. In Toronto, Mark Carcassel, Global News. Returning now to our breaking news in Delta. Two gray whales have beached themselves. Our reporter Catherine Urquhart is on the scene and has more on the rescue effort. Catherine, what's happening? Well, Sophie, I was just out there at the rescue effort, and it is about a kilometer offshore, off of Centennial Beach. It's quite far out there. The water getting quite deep. It was chest deep when I was out there, which is a very good thing for those whales. Right now, dozens of people are out there watching on. DFO also out there, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, keeping people at a safe distance, as well as keeping dogs and other animals away that might frighten the whales. A gray whale and her calf became beached earlier today. I can tell you that from having been fairly close, at a safe distance of course, that it's looking quite positive. They're moving a lot, they are breathing, 
and of course we don't know their condition that is the one thing and uh, we are hopeful of course we will be here throughout this rescue effort here at Centennial Beach and fingers crossed that those mm -hmm. two whales get the enough water and they get back mm -hmm. out there in the ocean glad to hear things are, are looking Sophie. up for them <laughs> All right, Catherine, yes. we'll let you catch your breath. It's a good hike for you. Uh, and as Catherine said, we will stick around uh, on the scene at Centennial Beach and we'll bring you the latest details on that situation. Breaking news south of the border, a shooting with multiple victims in Seattle. It happened in the area of 23rd Avenue and East Union Street, also known as the Central District. Police say at least one suspect opened fire on a group of people. The victims fled to a nearby hospital where one was pronounced dead. Two others have non-life-threatening injuries. A nearby community center was put on lockdown temporarily. Authorities are now looking for suspects. And... And back to that breaking news uh, in Boundary Bay where a rescue effort is underway for two beached gray whales. Apparently, uh, Gray and her calf, uh, DFO, is on scene assessing the situation, uh, trying to do what they can to get They're those whales into deeper water. Uh, we understand the tide has changed, though, so that is helping the situation somewhat. We'll uh, people are in the area taking a look at the situation. They're being asked to stay back, though, for the safety of themselves and the whales. Uh, we are on the scene, and we will continue to watch the situation as it develops. Tourists vacationing in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, are not happy, especially if they planned on spending time on the beach. I'm not sure what is in the water exactly, but it looks dirty. It is something that I wouldn't even risk my own health for. Instead of pristine sand, tourists are finding foul-smelling mounds of sargassum. That's a seaweed-like algae piling up on the beaches and turning turquoise waters brown. It's not just a cosmetic problem. As the algae decays and sinks to the bottom, it can smother coral. And accumulation on beaches can make it harder for sea turtles to nest. Now, the really bad news, experts are warning that because of climate change and other factors, this could be the new normal. In Health Matters tonight, a young woman with a rare disease who's not only fighting the debilitating effects of her disorder, she's also battling to raise awareness of it. It's a condition called MPS, and as Erin MacArthur reports, she's already lost her brother to it. If she's not in class for her geography major, you might find Natasha Koweski here at her sewing machine. The 24-year-old has a disease called Morchio A, her body doesn't break down complex sugar molecules. My body stores the sugars. You can't really see it that well, sort of, in my joints. And so my ligaments are badly stretched. I can do the helicopter, which I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> that picture is from when my brother graduated. He passed away about a year and a half after that. She shared the disease with her older brother, Damien. Two years apart, they were both diagnosed with Morchio at about the same time. The disease affecting them both in different ways. He had a lot more surgeries than me, but because it's so rare, we, could, we both knew what we were going through, and yeah. Morchio, part of a range of diseases called MPS for short. It's rare. Just 1 in 25,000 children are affected. The MPS Society of Canada says it's a fight just to get the disease recognized. 
a gala next week geared to raise money for research, but more importantly, raise awareness. When you speak to people and you, you mention mucopolysaccharide, typically most people have never heard of it. There is a treatment available for Morchio, but it won't help Natasha. It's taken at early onset. While there are treatments for many forms of MPS, the ultimate goal for researchers is to find a cure. Most of these disorders untreated, children will usually live not more than 10 to 15 years. And now that we have treatment, we have children now, uh, we have young adults in their 40s. With recognition comes research dollars. It's possible a cure could soon become a reality. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Addiction is a critical health issue facing our society today, and improving the health and well-being of affected individuals is the goal of the Turning Point Recovery Society. The nonprofit is having a big fundraising gala tonight, and our own Chris Galis is there with a special guest. Chris. Well, I promise, uh, Sophie, I'll tell Rob Lowe, the honoured guest here, that uh, he's got a lot of fans back at the station. Yes, that is Rob Lowe. Uh, who is a famous actor and who is here as keynote speaker this evening with a very important story to tell about his own sobriety and this audience is very eager to hear about it. The Turning Point Recovery Society is an amazing organization helping people uh, get past their addictions and I've got a special guest here, a man who knows a lot about the good work that the Turning Point Society can do. Come on in here. This is Gord Argue, the president. Obviously this is a very big fundraising night for you guys. You've seen the good that this kind of support can do for people who are struggling with their addictions. Yeah, this is a huge night for us, Chris. Uh, we've been in business since 1984, helping addicts recover and get back to productive society. And the help that individuals do tonight, we just can't say enough for it. People have, it is wonderful. And, you know, people have, a, there's a lot of asks out there. There's lots of choice for people. But when they think about where they want to give their money, why would they choose Turning Point Society? What's the message to them when they're making that choice? Chris, with all the issues with addiction that people have these days, our task is to get people back to productive life and get them off alcohol and off drugs. And, and that's such a worthwhile objective. And we need help from the uh, people that come here, the good people that give us money tonight. So it works for everybody. Well, we are honored to be a part of it. Global BC is the media sponsor. Gord, good luck tonight. I know it's going to be a great event. Thanks very much, Chris, and thanks for your organization's support. Our pleasure. All right, that's Gord Argue, president of the Turning Point Recovery Society. Going to be a great evening here with Rob Lowe, actor and entertainer, and uh, much more to come <laughs> on the later newscast. Sophie, back to you. Big fan of his. Thanks very much, Chris, and also big fan of Chris's as well. As of next month, anyone who wants to whale watch off the B.C. coast will be subject to some stricter rules. The federal government is doubling the distance boats must stay from southern resident orcas. Linda Aylesworth has the details on that and other measures announced today. Southern resident killer whales are one of the most endangered marine mammals in the world. The reasons? Limited availability of prey, primarily Chinook salmon. Physical and acoustic disturbance in the water and contaminants in the marine ecosystem. Friday afternoon on the shores of Stanley Park, members of the federal government gathered to announce the latest southern resident killer whale recovery measures. For 2019, we will be implementing area-based closures for salmon fisheries in a few specific areas of importance to south resident killer whale foraging. The goal, to help struggling Chinook salmon, the main prey of southern resident killer whales, to recover. 
Also towards that end, an additional one million juvenile Chinook salmon will be released from the Chilliwack hatchery every year for five years. In addition to these measures, three sanctuary zones located off the southwest coast of Pender Island, the southeast end of Saturna Island and Swiftshire Bank, will limit fishing activity and vessel traffic from June 1st till October the 31st. As for physical and acoustic disturbance, approach distances by vessels will be expanded from 200 metres to 400 metres. This will apply to all killer whales, with one exception. Minister Garneau will have the ability to authorize commercial whale watching companies to approach transient killer whales at 200 metres. To further reduce noise that can interfere with killer whale communications, boaters are being asked to turn off echo sounders when not in use and put their vessels into neutral idle when whales are within 400 metres. In addition, we are creating a voluntary go-slow zone and asking boaters to reduce their speed to less than seven knots if they are within 1,000 metres or one kilometre of killer whales. And to enforce it all, the number of fisheries officers dedicated to the southern residents will expand from zero to three. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. All right, let's go back to our Catherine Urquhart now for the latest on those two beached gray whales off Boundary Bay. The tide appears to be working in their favor now, Catherine. When we saw them a couple of hours ago, there was no movement, but it, it's looking better now. Yes, Sophie, it is looking like there could be a positive outcome here. Fingers crossed for sure. Two gray whales became beached here earlier today, including a calf. We spoke to a witness about what happened here, and here is what they told us about those two whales. There was one boat when I got there, now there's a second one, and uh, there were some folks in wetsuits that were bringing some kind of large uh, yellow floaties uh, out to the boat. I guess they, they parked and, sorry, and walked out. Um, asked if I could give them a hand, and they said they were they were fine. They were doing what they were going to do. Now the Department of Fisheries and Oceans is here along with plenty of onlookers. The fisheries and oceans people making sure to keep people far away so that they don't get injured and also so that they don't distress the whales. Everyone here hoping for a positive outcome. And of course, we will keep you updated as we learn more. Back to you. All right. Thanks for that. Catherine Urquhart at Boundary Bay for us. Well, not your everyday sight in Florida, how this bobcat got down from that precarious position after the forecast. He's way up there. I know. <laughs> and looking not happy about it, too. No. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with a look at our forecast as we head into uh, Mother's Day weekend. And another record-setting day. Another record-setting day. So probably a dozen records today. Uh, here are the top four that I could find. Pemberton, 31.7 degrees. Lillooet, 31.5. Uh, Port Alberni, 30.2. And Chilliwack, 29.5. Heat right across the area, though, all the way out towards the coast. 25 degrees at the airport. Uh, 28 in the uh, interior, oh, 29 in Pitt Meadows there. And the hotspot across Canada today, Lytton at 32.5 degrees. And this heat has been incredible. Keep in mind, this is summer-like weather. And here we are 
just partway through May. And the fire danger rating is incredible. We're talking about a moderate to high with now one little area at an extreme level. Did I remind you? It's, we're just partway into May. Uh, the good news is we haven't had a lot of lightning. We have 11 fires across the province. The bad news is nine of them have been uh, human caused. So that is bad news. These are avoidable, everyone. These are avoidable. And for those of you across Vancouver Island, there have been five new ones that have all been human caused just in the last two days. It's so dry out there. You have to be incredibly careful. And now we've got a problem. We've got a cold front that's going to slide down the province When we get a cold front like this from the north, it doesn't bring in a lot of moisture, meaning it won't change that um, fire danger rating much at all, but it will bring in a chance of lightning, and that's the problem. BC Peace River, down through the eastern Caribou, uh, spreading into the North Thompson region later into the evening in the Columbia area as well. All of those areas will be watching for a risk of lightning tomorrow and the potential for more fire. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. That's not the case, but that's certainly the potential. So lots of sunshine still in the mix. These are those pop-up convective cells that move along that cold front and slide down towards the south. Temperatures will be hot again tomorrow, but not quite as hot as today. Today was really the hottest of the bunch, and uh, we will start to cool off as we head towards our very nice Mother's Day there. Rain, though, finally back in the forecast later in the day on Tuesday. This is a Hot morning sunrise uh, in Haida Gwaii. Thanks to Mary for that. It almost looks like it should be a sunset. It looks so hot. But that was the sunrise. That is gorgeous. Thank you, Christy. A power company crew near the Florida Everglades was called out to a tricky rescue. A bobcat climbed to the top of a power pole, perhaps to survey possible prey. It appeared to be perfectly content with its perch, but there were concerns for its safety. A crew used a long pole to pester the cat and finally forced it to climb down the safer side of the pole. After a few nervous minutes, the cat did make it back to the ground unhurt. Lots of action in Metro Vancouver tonight. Yes, Langley and BC Place Stadium. That's where we'll start. The Vancouver Whitecaps are taking on Portland at BC Place. It'll start another one of these super condensed parts of Vancouver's schedule, five games in 15 days. The Whitecaps have allowed 14 goals so far this season, six of which were on penalty kicks. Mark DeSantos cannot ever remember coaching a team that gave up so many penalty kicks so early in a season. We, uh, we spoke about it this week. Uh, out of the, the six penalty shots uh, that we conceded, the two are not, four are. So we focus on the four. And the four, they were clumsy and bad decision. It almost seems like at some, at some points you get into a last-ditch kind of effort and maybe you lose your head a bit for half a second and that's all, that's all that's needed to, you know, get a foul. The Vancouver Giants are out of second chances. No more mulligans. Lose one more and Prince Albert wins the WHL championship. Game five is tonight in Langley. It's the final home game of the season for Vancouver no matter what happens. They don't want, of course send their fans home watching another loss. Barry is in Langley. The game starts at 7.30. He has Giants GM Barkley Parnetta with him. All right, Barkley, uh, this is it. Your season on the line tonight. You guys probably played your uh, best game of the series in game four and didn't get a reward. What's, uh, what's the vibe from the guys going into the must win tonight? 
Well, it's a good vibe. The guys are excited. I was around the boys this morning, and they were focused but light enough. They know, obviously, our backs are against the wall, and we're going to see what we're made of. We've been very resilient all year, and we sort of come out of it. We haven't lost. Uh, this is the first time we lost two games in a row at home, so uh, we're not going to make it three. They are uh, a much older team than you guys. Uh, you know, a lot of 19-year-olds, and this is the year for them. Probably make or break next year is probably start the rebuild again. For you guys, you're still going up. But going, uh, even if you don't even happen to win the series, what does this do for your young troop going forward? Well, uh, I like to think of it as we will win the series and go forward <laughs> with our young group. But you know what? It, the playoff experience is tremendous, especially for guys like Justin Surtiff and Lucas, where, you know what, that, that battle and, and the knowing how hard a series is when you get to this point will really benefit us in the years to come. And it's about sustainable winning here for us. I mean, we don't want to be a one-shot wonder. We want to sort of maintain that and get back to where this franchise was. All right, well, we will hope that the Giants can win Game 5 and take the series back to Prince Albert for Game 6 on Sunday. Back to you, Squire. Thank you, boys. World Hockey Championships, Elaine Vigneault coaching Canada. He'll be coaching the Flyers next season. Capo Caco. This is a name you're going to hear next month at the NHL draft at Rogers Arena. He will be one of the top three players taken. One of the reasons he can score goals like that. Pretty damn impressive. Or pretty darn impressive. Or pretty impressive impressive. Whatever you like. Uh, that made it one nothing in the first grade. Jonathan Marsh's show. This is a nice quick pass from Mark Stone. But Bing ties at 1-1. That's the only goal Canada would get in this game. A lot of upsets today at the World Hockey Championships. This is R2 Ilomaki. The puck takes a weird bounce off the boards. Canada doesn't know where it is. Now it's in the back of the net. They play Great Britain. Yes, Great Britain. Sunday at the World Hockey Championships. Um, well, Louis Erickson, there he is. And this, the Canucks don't want to see. Elias Pettersson getting hit from behind into the boards. But he's okay. So okay, he makes this rather clever little pass to Patrick Hornquist, who gets his own rebound and scores for Sweden against the Czech Republic. But we know that Pettersson can score and he can make passes. Not as adept at stopping pucks. He's no goalie, although he really shouldn't have to be. But he gets in behind here, tries to help out Henrik Lundqvist. Michael Froelich gets the goal. Another look. Coach's challenge was denied. It was a good goal. And the Swedes lost 5-2. The Americans, with Quinn Hughes, lost 4-1 to uh, Slovakia. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't go away. I won't. Jay Durant is here now with a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thanks very much, Sophie. We are continuing to follow the tragic death of a toddler in a hot car in Burnaby, and we'll have the very latest on the efforts to rescue two stranded gray whales. Plus, it's not even mid-May, yet we're already experiencing uh, scorcher temperatures. And this weekend in parts of B.C. could get really bad. The conditions so dry in Whistler that all fires are banned. The community being warned its fire danger rating could hit extreme this weekend. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11. Soph. Sounds good. Thank you very much, J.D. Satellite debris is coming up next. We'll show you the fall of the Russian president. Stay with us. So when you're playing hockey with the president... Of Russia, you should probably let him score goals. Yeah, yeah. May I just say that I thought I was looking summery. You have outsummered us all. That's right. Very it nice. looks great. I like yeah, that. I can. Thank all you. All right. So Vladimir Putin, yes, playing in a charity hockey game with some old timers uh, from Russian Russian hockey. Uh, and quite frankly, as you just said, if he's the president of Russia, you probably should give him some breaks. But this is almost embarrassing. Like, come on, put up some sort of resistance. And I like how he, 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 he just has that look in his face like, yeah, 
I would have scored that if you were even trying. But then after the game, he's celebrating, waving to his people, and then suddenly doesn't realize that a red carpet's coming up. No, 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 no. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Apparently the, uh, the red carpet layer now has a new job in Siberia. This yeah. is the point where you laugh, Sophie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he scored eight goals in that game, but apparently Stalin once scored 25 in his yeah. charity hockey game. And didn't trip. Okay, so Mother's Day is coming up. Sunday. Happy <gasps> mm -hmm. Mother's Day. Okay, and we have a commercial about that from Teleflor and one featuring the great Jeff Bridges. Here we go. Hello? He's had a big day. That's my little guy. We ain't mad. We're just disappointed. You're breaking our hearts. They'd be crazy not to hire you. Luckily, you only have one mom. Show her she's special. Thank you. Oh, you got some schmutz. Happy Mother's Day. Amsterdam. The dam. A city where togetherness is king. And why do you think that is? Bridges, man. And I should know because, well, I'm Jeff Bridges. You see, a bridge is not just a physical structure that connects two places. Oh, they allow people to come together, find common ground, and literally bridge their differences. Powerful things, man. So, from the city of bridges, here's to togetherness. Prost! 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 No, it's not Prost. It's Prost. I got that. Prost! <laughs> The dude. The dude, indeed. Okay, apparently if you drink enough gin, you'll think birds talk. That is how this commercial works. Why does Sipsmith gin taste so outrageously good? Let me show you. Oh, I forgot my drink. You know which city perfected gin? London. You know where we make our gin? Bingo. Gin starts with junipers, and we have the best juniper guy in the business. Nobody even knows his real name. I just call him Juniper Guy. My name's Craig. His name is Craig. Bottom part, not good enough. Top part, not good enough. We only use gin from the heart of the batch. Get rid of the rest. What do we do with it? I don't know. Even our labels are things of beauty. Who's that guy? Is that me? It's me. Finally, we hand-dip every bottle in some sort of magical liquid. It's just wax. All right, yeah, that makes sense. So you see, we could make our lives a lot easier. But at Sipsmith, we make gin, not compromises. I wrote that line myself. I, I'm, I'm not a drinker, but I would sit and have a little sip with that guy. Yeah, he seems entertaining. <laughs> he does. Okay, let's check out uh, Boundary Bay one more time before we say goodbye. And looks like those two gray whales are in a much better position now. Uh, we are on the story, as Jay Durant mentioned, and we'll bring you the latest details tonight on BC One and the news at 11. In the meantime, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Enjoy the Day. weekend. Should be nice. Bye, all.